The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to America's Web Radio. And one of our veterans' favorite shows is A Place for Veterans. And our host is Dr. Don Moeller. And Dr. Don Moeller, for those who haven't looked him up on the Internet, has dedicated his, I would say, his business life, his professional life, to veterans. Don is a veteran himself. He was a medic in Vietnam. And, uh, you know, somebody once said, Don, that uh, medics have more guts than brains. Uh, could you clarify that? Oh. I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> <laughs> well, you all did one hell of a job. In fact, medics have done a hell of a job in every conflict that the U.S. has ever been involved in. And I'm proud. Oh, by the way, today is Flag Day. So those that don't have their flags out, go put your flag out and show that you're proud to be an American. You know, I... I don't know of any other country. I'm, I'm sure there are, but and I just can't speak because I can't speak from no knowing. But I can't think of any other country that cares more about their soldiers than the United States and how they recruit guys like you, Don. That'll put life and limb. Yeah, you're definitely in John. John fifteen thirteen, and uh, you, you are the epitome of that of putting your brother in arms before and his safety or her safety before your safety. And uh, the only other bigger nut than that I know of than a medic is that guy driving the uh, helicopter called a dust off. Now you put the the combination of a dust off pilot and a medic in a room together, and I don't know what you got, but you're safe anyway uh, until they start going at each other. But, uh, no, I, I respect you. I respect all medics that have served at one time or the other, and we as veterans respect all veterans that have served, and um, we have to remember them each and every day, and make sure that they're getting what they signed up to get. So, with that being said, good morning, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Don Moeller, Dr. Don Moeller. Don is, if we haven't explained it before, Don is not only a dental surgeon and a dentist, but also an MD. And he's got more studying under his belt than most people have in a lifetime. So, good morning. Good morning, Dave. How are you doing? I liked your comments about our veterans. Uh, you know, the thing over in um, Ukraine uh, is a reminder that there are a lot of nasty people in the world. There always have been nasty people. And uh, having an armed forces is not an option like a pool in your backyard. It's necessary, and you've got to have the patriots step up, protect your country, 
and I'm glad to be on America's Web Radio, Dave. Thank you, sir. And we're always proud to have you on, and uh, we've gotten comments on when you and Lieutenant Colonel Philip uh, Farsberg were on together, and... uh, you all were were just terrific, and we're going to have to do that again and do it again with other uh, uh, you and other veterans, uh, you and and uh, maybe folks that you served with. Uh, but I tell you, veterans like hearing veterans and veterans' stories, and because, like I've said before, ain't been a veteran built that can tell just one story. They uh, they're loaded. It's like loading an M16, and you got that spare magazine. And if if one magazine runs out of stories, then there's another one right behind it. That's right. So, anyway, what are we talking about today, Don? Well, we're going to talk about resilience. And this is a critical, a critical thing to do. Uh, I'm going to entitle this program... A philosophy of PTSD. And I think this is necessary, and this is not going to take that long to discuss, but it, it's appropriate to, to talk about this after we've done six, seven months of, um, programs. And, and I'm saying this because it, in a way it's a summary, in a way it's looking through the telescope and seeing what's ahead and what we can expect. Have you walked in? with PTSD to a surgeon's office, and he told you there was surgical therapy for PTSD, uh, let's say, versus medical treatment. Uh, if you heard bad enough, you might ask about it, but most people would would already know ahead of time you cannot cut PTSD out of, an, out of a veteran or a first responder. We just know that. It, uh, brain surgeries for tumors, but you can't cut PTSD out of it that's that's pain painfully obvious no pun intended but when you get into the more advanced treatments and we'll talk about that in a minute you can look at medical therapy versus psychological therapy and we're going to go through a couple combinations here just as a review medical therapy are those medicines uh, that can affect uh, your lifestyle it can make you feel better. And there's also things in psychology like cognitive behavioral therapy that can make you feel better and approach problems a little differently. Well, then there's another category. That's psychological therapy versus spiritual therapy. You can have nothing but psychological therapy or you might consider nothing but spiritual therapy. Well, not all PTSD is entirely treated by psychology not all PTSD uh, or moral injury is entirely treated by spiritual therapy and the next combination you have is medical and psychological therapy combined with you get some medication and you talk to a psychotherapist well then there's a triple header psychological and spiritual and medical and that's that's even better uh a lot of, I don't think a lot of people understand that there's a lot of a lot of ways to approach it. So if you have moral in, a moral injury, we discussed that, and it has symptoms that over, 
override psychological therapy or, or, or combine with them or actually can influence them, you're going to kind of need to consider moral injury. Well, now enters natural methods. What are those? Well, the, the standard knee-jerk is diet, exercise, sleep, and social actions. Well, it's confusing. Which one do you want? Well, the good news is there's no surgery to treat PTSD, so you can cross that one off your list. But I want to talk about a pie chart. The pie chart, we've all seen it. You know, it's a circle, and they have pieces of pie. And in that circle, imagine the piece of pie, some labeled sleep and exercise therapy, another piece of pie is spiritual, another piece of pie is health behaviors. That's like cutting back on smoking and and alcohol and drugs. Then you have another piece of pie called resilience. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, you know, another piece of pie. Don, Go ahead, Dave. You, uh, well, you hit on one thing from the backside, but as I was sitting here listening to you, and uh, it, it's almost like you're making a PTSD cocktail, you know? You add, yes. You add yes. a little bit of this, you add a little bit of that, and first thing you know, you've got a mixture that you can handle. Right. And you might even think, you know, uh, that, that if 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 you really want to do it that way, uh, think of a pizza pie. Very few people just eat cheese pizzas. Boring. Most people have a couple <laughs> toppings on there. Well, the PTSD pizza pie, you really have to look at it like uh, when you get the Supreme pizza. You really want to get as much on your pizza as you can, and and that's part of our, our our show's intent here, is to let people know there's, it's just not, hey, you're going to go to the shrink, and he's either going to talk to you or you're going to get the pills that make you feel like you're in outer space and you're done. And unfortunately, that's a, a, a kind of a misperception. And, you know, we have to say to the, about the VA, you know, they got 400,000 people working there. And... uh Obviously, when you have that many people working, you're going to have high variability in treatment. And you get some VAs. Uh, my brother-in-law goes to one in southern Missouri, and it's almost like he's being treated by his family doctor. And then you get in others when big, huge cities, and they're constrained. But I, that's why we're kind of giving you this informative uh, program here to let you know there are a lot of ways, as they say, to skin a cat. I guess that's not politically correct anymore. I have not skinned any cats. So, at any rate, uh, that's why we're we're going into depth on on each of these areas. And there's no recent research that indicates that what we're putting out here is not correct. Recent research is becoming uh, incorporative with respect to all the areas we we've talked about and are going to talk about. And it's still valid. And it's still valid on a scientific level. So we're not just, you know, sitting around a fire, a campfire, blowing smoke. Uh, the stuff that we're talking about is very effective. Now, there are a couple kind of people, uh, soldiers, veterans, first responders, that aren't going to listen. And that's okay. It's your life. 
but you got the iron person, iron man, iron woman, that I don't need any of this. PTSD isn't real because you don't get a purple heart for it. So, you know, I just go home and knock some beers back or whatever, your recreational drug of choice. Well, until you change that attitude, you're screwed. That's a medical word. It, it, it doesn't matter. I've treated Delta Force operators that were 10 times the man I ever was, would be, or will be. And uh, there's no shame in going, hey, I, I've had it. And and basically, if you want to just ignore it, you know, I've, I've had patients with cancer, that oral cancer, that walked in my office, and I said, you got to get that checked out. I said, well, I'm not, I don't want it. And I said, well, that's okay, but you're going to write here on the chart that Dr. Moeller said it's cancer and I need to get some care for it, and uh, you're not going to do it. Well, what we're talking about now is that pie. You don't have to get the pizza with everything. If you're a tip-of-the-spear guy and you're just too tough to get PTSD, I didn't, I'm not saying that one piece of pizza with cheese on it is going to be harmful. You can listen, and you can you can order at the you can order at the PTSD pizza pie treatment counter, and you may want to go up and order the Supreme and say I don't know what we have to do to do it, but I'm that hungry. Or you could go up and you could say I just want a cheese pizza, and that's it. And then you can say, okay, we're just going to do it through uh, social interactions or learning skills doing that, and that's fine. As long as you walk up to the bar and order something, and I mean a pizza. Now, there's another uh, type of person that gets PTSD that is, is, they may be psychologically completely overwhelmed, and that may happen. But you may get some folks with PTSD that get wrapped around the axle because they think there's absolutely nothing it can be done for them. So they become, I'll call it, psychologically sedated or psychologically paralyzed, thinking nothing can be done and you're running around the skies falling. Being that that helpless approach is dangerous because that's just simply not true. So what we're going to talk about today is a piece of pie that's called resilience. Everybody can develop a resilience attitude. And I work on my car, and I, I like it. And a lot of my, most of my friends are not doctors. They're blue-collar guys, welders and carpenters. So I just like hanging with them. The world's best mechanic without any tools cannot fix anything. Let's say that again. You don't need to write it down. The world's best mechanic without any tools can fix nothing. Well, PTSD is approachable and treatable. It's you've got to use some, you got to have a toolkit, and that's what we're we're talking about now. Now it's real easy, people. Well, you break your arm and you're going to get a sling or go to surgery, and you can you can kind of chart that out. And you've had friends with broken arms, and you know how long it takes them. Well. In medicine, these are things called sequelae. Well, everybody's break, broken arm is not the same. 
And sometimes the fix that works for some people doesn't work for others. Well, you've got to start looking about PTSD is in the same framework. When you think PTSD, you've got to think that pie. You've got to think, imagine you got to... Uh, you're going to make a pizza, and part of it's vegetarian, part of it's got fish on it, whatever. You can make a pretty healthy pizza pie by assembling uh, different different pieces on, on your plate. And that's what I'm talking about. You can slowly get into this. You can stand back. The, the important thing is, is that you say, look, PTSD can be treated, and you have to approach it from the standpoint okay, I'm just going to go up and get part of a vegetarian pizza and part of a a cheese pizza. That's fine, as long as you make a commitment to yourself. Now, you need to understand some things. Uh, We've talked about PTSD affecting your social interaction. Well, that's that's critical, because if you don't look for something, you're not going to find it. And when you leave the service... I really think, and, I, and I'm sure there is, there may be some bases, camps, or ships, or whatever, that do it. But you need to have a briefing. And if you didn't, you can consider America's Web Radio is giving you this briefing. You know, it's going to affect your your job, the jobs you can get and do. It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your role in the community. It's going to affect your role in the spiritual community. And you have to understand, I would, you know, I wasn't told any of this. It's just like, you're done, put your uniform in the duffel bag and head home. But it's kind of like, you should really be told at least some warning signs and things to look for. And the idea of like, well, PTSD's Rambo, you turn into a strange guy and you shoot up National Guard soldiers in small towns. Nothing could be further from the tooth and that character characterization has done nothing to help the PTSD community. So the thing about the toolkit, your toolkit, and we're going to talk about in resilience in a moment, is, is going to help you on the various challenges that you're going to meet and have to overcome with PTSD. And I can tell you being an old old guy, you're going to have it your whole life. It's not going away. And you can believe that it is. I broke my arm. I broke other parts of my body. had a gallbladder ripped out. I have not changed my lifestyle one bit as a result. But I can tell you PTSD is going to change your lifestyle. You can either become resilient and it's a learned behavior, or you can let PTSD kick you around the street. And it will. It's always waiting, and it's not going away. So, you, you know, uh, it's our choice. It's not a choice to wish our broken arm got better. And that's kind of a, a tougher thing to do when you have a problem that you, that you are kind of your own doctor. Okay, let's get into the skill set. First of all, you need to understand that... Uh, the skill set is for resilience is not something you were born with, like, hey, Bob's a Special Forces Ranger Delta guy, and I just can't can't jump out of airplanes, and I'm not built it. No, we're not talking about that. Resilience 
is an internal training program, and it's in your toolkit. It's a new way of doing things. It's a doing thing. It is not just, uh, hey, I'm going to approach life differently, a lick and a prom, a shower. It's not. We'll talk about that, but I'm going to go into it a little bit. You need to practice responses. You know, PTSD, you've got to chart out. You've actually got to sit down. Uh, and if and if you're living in a community, people are, are more aggressive or less aggressive. Everybody's not the same. But with PTSD, having been in the military, the police, EMTs, we've got to get a job done. And it's not like accounting where you can get an eraser or hit the delete button and redo it. In the, in the combat arms, military, first responders, the nurses, the ER, you know, we live in a world where four-minute coffee breaks, somebody's deader than dead. You know, if, if, if somebody flatlines on an EKG, ECG, and you say, hey, I'm, going, I'm just going on a four-minute coffee break, well, what other profession can can do that? Very few. So you have to understand that when you agree to do something to help fix your PTSD, you have to do it as seriously as you do your profession, and you have to train. Now, one of the things you have to uh, uh, train for is there's stupid people in the world, and they don't know they're stupid. And they also don't know that, we, you, us, them have PTSD, and we're not used to, to dealing, especially in the military, tolerating continual stupid actions because it's a team sport. So when it, what causes you to do something different? Well, a new way of viewing things. You have to look, just look at the problem through the eyes of stupid people. Now, I told a friend who was a military buddy that we're the sheepdogs the first responders, the police, the nurses, we're the sheepdogs. You cannot explain to a sheep what your job is. They cannot conceive of what we do. Back in the days of the draft, they did conceive, but we no longer have a draft. So the way you have to start viewing things is the way a sheepdog views a sheep. It's your responsibility to take care of those who you went to battle for, but it's also your responsibility to those people to look at them just like they're sheep. And if that offends them, snowflakes, eat it. I don't care. That's what they are. They they live under our protection. It's bad enough that they don't appreciate it, but they don't have to be antagonistic. But when you're viewing a snowflake, you have to understand they're going to say things that are going to trigger responses. For this, you need to learn some behaviors. You're also going to learn a new way of meeting challenges, and we're going to talk about those. But you need to know for the average guy that hits a golf ball and chases it around a course, drinking a, a, an iced tea with lemon or whatever in it, you got to understand that's not the kind of challenges we're talking about. We're talking about getting through your day with a background and be technically your amygdala and hippocampus have been revved up. 
your dorsal prefrontal cortex is in it wired differently. You have to understand, you didn't ask for that to happen. And you don't remember going into the repair shop where they put that circuit board in your brain, but it's happened. You have to understand uh, that you look at things through a, a different framework. And you have to understand when you talk to somebody, you're looking at them through a different worldview than they're looking at you. Dave, is this starting to uh, get home to you? Yeah, I understand what you're saying, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're all different, and, you know, either the government or some other organizations can, uh, say, try to paint us all with one brush, but that's impossible. There's not, we weren't designed that way. We were designed to be individuals, and... Every approach is going to, you know, everybody that has PTSD or anybody that has it is different from the other person that has it and requires different things. I love it, Dave. Things. That's perfect. That, you know, it, it, I never thought of that. Dave, I don't know. Your timing's exquisite. Uh, you know, if you break your arm... Uh, and I break my arm, you're pretty much going to get a conveyor belt therapy. They're going to take an x-ray, look at it, do this. If it's this, then they're going to measure it. When you have PTSD, you, you're you not on a conveyor belt. You're a totally unique individual. If you've had a rough childhood and abuse and blah, 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 you're going to have a different type of PTSD. You're going to have a different response. You're going to be more sensitive to certain parts. So, I, Dave, I'm glad you brought that up because we are all so different. So you're not going to get the same treatment as your buddies in the squad, okay? So when you talk about PTSD disability, you get a disability rating because you're disabled. You don't get it because you uh, check so many uh, encounters in foreign assignments. Yeah, I was in Germany and South America and orient you don't get it that way you get it because it is a disability and you have to find out what those disabilities are and you also have to you have to start thinking about getting a toolkit it's not really an option if you want to work on your car you have to get a toolkit period unless you think you're going to do bolts with your bare fingers uh, the more tools that you get the more things that you can fix. These are common sense, but most of the guys, gals, first responders, they don't look at it. You're, you got PTSD. I don't need a toolkit for where my arm was broken. I don't need a toolkit because the Army took my appendix out. I don't need a toolkit because I haven't had a gallbladder removed. Some people have small toolkits because they have to change their diet, but the point is, if you got PTSD, you need to you need to stop by and get a toolkit because you're not going to make it without it. Because it's not like, hey, when when patients would break their jaw, they go, well, I have to eat soft food for the rest of my life. And I said, no. Essentially, two years from now, you won't even be able to tell you ever had a fracture. That's not true uh, for PTSD. You know, so we're going to start with. Donna, you look about where you go ahead, Dave. I would, you know, okay, you got all of these toolboxes up on a wall on, sitting on the shelves. 
Yeah. One's one's red, one's yellow, one's green, one's blue, one's purple, one's this, or that, or that. But you know what they all have in common? They're empty. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And each, That's true. Each individual has to uh, has to fill his or her toolbox with what they require to fix PTSD. And, exactly. you know, they may or may not know what it is. And even even their, the, peop, the person that they're working with may not know what it is. And like I said earlier, it's, uh, you know, our lives are really... We're a bunch of Legos when you boil it right down to it, you know. And everything that happens to us and everything that we go through is putting one more Lego together in our life. And you may have a thousand Legos and I may only have a hundred Legos. But we all require different things. And and we require different toolboxes. Yeah, Dave, that's that's critical, and that is so true. If you uh, look at yourself as a totally unique individual, uh, you're not going to have the same toolbox that somebody else's. And the first thing we need to do, and no one ever told me this, you're going to need a toolbox. You're going to need the health toolbox. You're going to have to stay healthy because if you're dealing like garbage, you, you can't. You can't work on your car either. If you haven't gotten enough sleep, you can't work on your car. You can't work on you. So for the average guy, the average college kid, yeah, I sleep every third day. Well, you might be able to scrape by, but when you have PTSD, that's a neurological injury. So sleep, one of your first toolboxes is sleep. And we'll talk about that a little later, but it's like, hey, doc, I can't sleep, and I totally get that. Uh, Don, we're we're going to need to take a break, and we'll come back on Flag Day with more of Dr. Don Moeller and a veteran's place right after this. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2 only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right, and you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. And you're listening to America's Web Radio in a veteran's place. And this is, you know, we don't do a lot of life-or-death shows on America's Web Radio, not at least not intentionally that we know of, but... I look at this show as a life or death show for anyone that has been in the service and and, sir, has been deployed or those that have 
been first responders, either police or EMTs, whatever the situation might be. And, you know, Don can't answer this because even as smart as he is, he doesn't have the magic wand that can say, well, you know, 2 million, 500,000, 20 million, hey, Nobody knows exactly how many are suffering from PTSD. There's a pretty good idea as far as veterans are concerned and those that have been deployed, but that's that's just a small percent, and we don't know. Uh, PTSD, and then, Don, you've mentioned this before, is not is not restricted to veterans or first responders. It can be any anybody, and uh, uh, critical wreck situation can cause PTSD. Uh, you know, years down the road, uh, man, woman, child, whatever, can wake up horrified by. The, the brain is, is such an interesting organ that nobody knows how it works for sure. Everybody has their idea, and, and like you said, which toolbox we might need, but PTSD is for everybody. Not, it's not an exclusive club by any stretch. That's right, Dave. And if you have a family member who just doesn't really want to admit that they've got it, uh, you're going to be a very frustrating position. And that's another thing. You don't, if you're listening to this show and you're a family member of the people that we're talking about, you may be the only lifeline for, for your husband, wife, brother, sister, neighbor. So one of the things on, uh, resilience, first of all, what is it and why does it matter? The principles, process, and outcome of successful adapting to difficult or challenging life experience. That's what it is. Number one, research shows that resilience is ordinary and not extraordinary. It's a toolbox that says resilience. And resilience is not a personality trait that only some people have. It involves behaviors, actions, and thoughts. B-A-T. Stand up and do <laughs> Stand up and bet. That's what it's going to be talking about. When you build muscles, nobody in their right mind thinks you go to a, a gym twice and you're going to look like some of the big world-class guys. You're just not going to do it. And no one would even do, think that. But for some reason, uh, people seem to think that you can do a little bit of practice with resilience, and you, you'll be super resilient individual, and that's simply not true. I can prove that by letting you listen to me play the piano. I didn't take very many lessons. And I, and there are very few people I can fool that I can play the piano. <laughs> you know, 
It's where the flu is all in. But for some reason, don't fall into the trap that you don't need a toolbox to work on a car or you don't need to practice. So there are four areas uh, and four components. One is connection. Number two is wellness. And number three is healthy thinking. And number four is meaning. Connection, wellness, healthy thinking. What are the connections? Well, you have to practice relationships. If you say, well, I'm a loner or I was a sniper, I don't care. I don't care what you think. You know, hey, we're surgeons. We don't talk to people. I don't care who you are, what you were, what your rank was. Social connections are critical. In fact, big universities have shown that one of the things that prolongs life is having friends, family, and a reason to get up. It's just that simple. Social connections are not having social connections it's about like smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking excessively. I mean, it's serious stuff. It's not like, well, you might live two days longer. No. You think, oh, Bob or Sally over there, she's smoking two packs a day. Well, she's going to outlive you because she's got friends, and you don't have any friends, and you, you're just like a loner. Well, there's plenty of evidence now that people they get out and, and get a social connection are better supported. So that's that's one of your toolboxes. That's one. you have to work on it. If if I've, I know guys, I have patients. I still practice. I say, hey, what's your hobby? I don't have a hobby. They're retired. I say, what do you do? Nothing. Well, the the TV isn't your friend, and the news is not your friend. And Dave, I don't know how you feel about it, but I've cut way way back on watching the news, and the reason is. We're sheepdogs, and if you've ever served in the military, you're, or the first responders and medical, you're a sheepdog by nature. And if you want to scare a sheepdog, just start messing with a sheep. And when you look at the news, and I think a large proportion of it is designed to get sheepdogs angry, but think about it, uh, that news... If you're a sheepdog, you're thinking they're coming for the same lambs that we gave our lives to protect. What do you think the response for a sheepdog's going to be? You're right back in it. Your blood pressure goes up when they withdrew from Afghanistan. There were, there were a bunch of our veterans that committed suicide. They gave everything. They had friends that gave everything. And they walked out. And the sheepdogs don't like that. So when you socialize, there are two things you need to understand. There, there are healthy relationships and there are poor relationships. There are veterans who refuse to not be bitter. I feel sorry for those folks, but you cannot go spend time with them because you may not be strong enough to lift them up, but they are definitely strong enough to bring you down. So what tool, what's in this toolbox? You have your friend selection meter. You pull it out, you point it at your bitter friend, and it goes negative. It, it, 
and I'm not into this philosophical negative energy, but you know what everybody knows what I mean. You cannot simply cannot hang around with those people. They might be the guy at the firehouse, the world's always falling, chicken little, the sky is falling. Maybe someday you'll be strong enough, but I'm sure not. And and I just can't hang around. You know, I was some of the veteran organizations. They're guys that are positive and out rebuilding and working, and other people just sit around crying their beer. I want you to cry with them. But you can't do that. That toolbox, uh, you got to use the depression meter. Now, you have to foster wellness. Now, I'm not a guy that goes out and likes to pump iron at a gym. i got a little home gym. And if you're older, you need to maintain your muscle strength. But you don't always keep increasing the weights. I, I do curls with light weights. I do bench presses with light weights. I have no desire to go above my what, what I've decided with my doctor, uh, who's me, what I need to do. I am not suggesting you bulk up and say, you know, I got to do this. If you're not normally the kind of person that uh, exercises, I don't care if you get out and walk in the park. That has a good effect. But you better have that that toolbox right next to the friendship one is the exercise one and healthy living. Now, the other thing that you foster wellness is, you know, hey, when yesterday my wife made hot dogs and sauerkraut, and I was right there to eat as many as I could. I don't do that every day, and frankly, I don't care. They're so good. You know, Dave, you know that too. And you have to be more in tune to your diet. And, yes, my wife is a nurse, and I eat green vegetables and fruits. But you know what? Hey, I went through dental school, and I ate one a Mexican dinner, one day and hot dog the next, and I went four years like that and looked forward to eating every time and knocked it back a few beers. Well, hey, that's how we do it. You know, we the mission first. But that toolbox, you have to, you actually have to, when you sit down, you just have to make sure that you are getting a healthy diet. And, and I can guarantee you that just taking vitamins is not going to do it. There's not any research that says that. Now, if you are in uh, an area where there's, you know you're having a, uh, a deficit of a particular vitamin or you have a disease state, that's different. But all longevity studies say the people that took vitamins did not live longer than people that just got it through the vegetables. Uh, you know, so between, between your hot you dogs... Do, go ahead, Dave. Between your hot dogs and your pizzas... I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? If you're talking to veterans and your buddies, you want to drink beer and eat pizza. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what you do with with salty chips. Uh, so you have to fight that. You know, maybe I know most of my blue-collar buddies, if I bring in salad, <laughs> they're not going to take any of it. Again, the next thing you got to work on is mindfulness. Uh and that has to do with, you know, the spiritual aspects. You, you have to chart a course. You, if you want to ignore the spiritual aspects, you're, you're, you're going to have a lot rougher, rougher road. That's just the way it is. You say, well, I'm not a spiritual person. I get it. I totally get it. I'm just telling you, you're going to do a, 
uh, rock climbing event with no shocks. And can you do it? I guess you can. But you're going to be a lot more miserable because every single person on the face of this earth wants to know what the meaning of life is. And you answer that in the spiritual with a spiritual toolbox. You go, well, I don't want to get involved with my church. You're going to approach that how you want to. But if you decide, like, hey, I don't believe there's a God or a man upstairs, and I've done a little science, you really, when you want to make a statement, like, there is no God, I'd love you to, to come to, when I taught college, some of my biochemistry classes and, and protein synthesis classes, because there's no way that happened by accident. Even the simplest bacteria, the blue-green algae, have a photosynthetic system in there that captures photons. If you think you can do that kind of chemistry floating around in a swimming pool, uh, call me Collect. I want the name of the lab that, that supposedly did that. So my point is you cannot have the complex world that we live in without a divine being to make it. And if you think you can, call me Collect. I'll talk to you about it. Okay, now... Another thing is, and I've, I know I've said it before, avoid negative outlets. That's not just hanging with people. Now, first of all, military guys, first responders, find their way to the pubs or the alcohol section. And I had a fireman buddy, God bless him. He, he, says, he had a bumper sticker that said, some people call it a six-pack, I call it a support group. Well, it, it seems kind of funny, and people are going to have a brewski or whatever now and then. But you really, when you have PTSD, you, alcohol and drugs, you cannot, it doesn't matter how much you practice and the skill sets you want. If, you're, if you've been drinking those parts of the brain that want to keep telling you, hey, you're forgetting your skill set when you're boozed up, so it's kind of like driving with your brake on and pushing on the gas. It's just not working for you. Now, if there are any people in this world that deserve to sit out and have a beer because you've got a lot of things to forget, it's the people, first responders and our soldiers. So I'm not judging anybody. I've never had a patient come in that I ever judged. Don't get me to, don't get me to saying that. But that's the toolkit that you have to you have to make sure that you're monitoring that. You got to have the how much of my drinking meter because it will get out of. And obviously, if there's some guy having a good time because he's in college and passed his test and, and gets drunk, that's completely stupid. Our patients with PTSD are drinking and doing drugs because they want to forget the hell that they woke up in. So if you tell me you got PTSD. You're going to have to have the alcohol meter in your toolkit, and you're going to have to watch it. And you may have to ask others to get help. The next thing for resilience is you have to find a purpose. You cannot go through life with no purpose. Now, I will tell you, I, uh, I restored uh, a bunch of military vehicles, like too many, like 11 or 12. And I thought, you know, why am I doing this for years? It's basically... All the guys I lost as a medic was kind of a tribute to them. Well, that that was my little thing I did. Don't go out and buy a beat-up Jeep and try and work on it. But my point is, 
if you lost friends, get into some what I'll call tribute therapy. Get out and help wounded veterans. Do it once or twice a week. Not full-time, not unless you want to. But for your friends that you lost, do something good for a veteran. And this is, and we'll talk about this from a historical perspective. That was very common, that when, and I'm talking the ancient societies, when they came back for war, they built monuments. They made a tribute to their friends, to the fallen. And the entire community took responsibility for it. Now, there are plenty of veteran organizations. As a matter of fact, there's no rule that you just can't start helping veterans, buy grocery for the homeless veterans, whatever you want to do. Uh, I will have to say, David, you'll agree with me, veterans are some of the most incredible team players. We we had, the, there's no I in you or whatever it is, there's no I in team, yeah. That's one thing I don't have to say, that your military training totally got through. If you're doing a downstream stupid things, I mean upstream stupid things, there are people downstream that are going to suffer in a major way because of your stupidity. Well, that same principle, like uh, Rubicon, I think uh, that's what they call it, all these veterans, they get in and get the job done. Veterans naturally work as a team. They look for teams. So you have more talent as a veteran and first responders or teams. You, you need to be proactive. You need to go out and look. You're a sheepdog. we got to find some sheep wandering around that need help. Remember, the, snowf- this, the snowflakes don't know they're screwed. Okay, They really don't. Their world is not the same one we'll, we live in, and we'll never will live in that world. We can't. Now, every task that you want to start, every toolbox, can be broken down into manageable, small Pieces. I listened to a psychologist online. This guy was a world authority. He goes, don't tell me your problem's too complex. If you're trapped in a car and have to get inside your house to do something, step one is unlock the car door. Step two is open the door. Step three is put your feet on the ground. Any complex thing that you have to do, you need to break down into small portions. If you said, hey, I've been yelling at the missus too much. Well, you don't have to go out and buy her flowers every day, but you can maybe sit down and say, hey, you know, i got to work on this. What do, you, what, what do you think I could do to make it better? One thing. Not a list. Not how women are, but women know how men are. Don't give a man a list. <laughs> Fogs his brain out. Okay? So you break that. Whatever you're going to, whatever target you're working on in resilience, you've got to make a small move today. You say, I'm going to work on, you know, if if you hate drivers cutting you off in traffic, leave home for home later or after. Do something. Get your quiet time at work and then drive home and win the traffic. And I'm just making this up because it's something you're doing. You go, hey, you know, I got home when I was in my surgical residency. We rarely got out before 7 in the evening. I noticed, my, it's such a nice drive home. I never had to sit in traffic, although the reason was because I was doing surgeries. But the point is, I don't like heavy traffic. Veterans don't like heavy traffic. So change your route, which I do. My wife says, well, like, why don't you go through the neighborhood? I said, because I'd rather be driving on the freeway where there's less congestion. So 
So uh, these are just examples of, of, of breaking whatever task you're going to do down into doable pieces. Uh, they have to be manageable pieces. Don't say, well, I just finished a Ph.D. in psychology. That's not going to happen. You have to develop the skill set in, in your toolbox, whatever you're going to do. Like, you're not going to go out and start eating, making chef salads the rest of your life. I'm all I'm saying is, you know, throw some carrots together, maybe eat a carrot, some green beans, whatever. Start slow, but start today. Uh, and, and then the, the the key thing is break these activities down into small, manageable things that you plan on doing. If there's some jerk hanging around the coffee machine that sets you off at the firehouse, then bring your own stinking coffee. Make it at home. Don't go where that clown can, can, can rash you. You see, you start working because with PTSD, these little things, they definitely keep adding up. Dave, are these like doable goals? Oh, yeah. And uh, I think the way you're approaching it is, uh, you know, I don't know about you, Don. Well, I do. You're, you're, you're in a different league than I'm. I am, but if I just think about something, and I'm going to, well, I'll give you a perfect example. It was yesterday. I got home 30 minutes away and said, well, you don't know, you don't want to hear what I said. I'd left my telephone at the office. So I had to turn around and drive back and get my cell phone. Now, and that's sort of like I uh, I have to put eye drops in uh, twice a day when I get up, when I go to bed. So what do I have on my mirror? Because I know I'm going to take one first look at such a beautiful face and one last look at such a beautiful face. So what have I got there? Put eye drops in, stupid. And uh, yep. a reminder. And writing it down in my opinion, makes a whole lot of difference in a person's world. And to see it in front of you and, you know, even writing it down can be, you know, I wrote this down five years ago and I was listening to some guy named, he was a doctor and he was talking about writing it down, you know, but it can make a whole lot of difference in a person's life. Just by writing it down. Yeah, and, and not only that, when you have PTSD, don't plan for what you're going to say next week or tomorrow. I, I think it, it helps me. What are you going to do in the next hour? What are you going to do in the next half hour? And you think, well, I've got to go to a place and eat dinner. My wife wants to go out. Well, I'm not going to sit in a huge group of people with my back to the door. <laughs> so you tell your wife, you go, you know, honey, we're going out to eat. And you know, I don't like to sit with my back to the door. Well, that's what I'm talking about is a skill set. Or, honey, you know, you know that I really don't like crowds. Maybe we could do, to go to the art gallery, you know, in the in the morning when the people aren't there. These are simple things, and they're just an example. You realize that your amygdala hippocampus system is upregulated. It's ready to fight or fly. 
The sheep don't worry about it, man. And, you know, I did this, and I recommend it because I teach Sunday school. I said, if you want to know what happens to sheep, there are YouTube videos where a wolf goes in, and you know what the sheep do? They lie down and get slaughtered. I couldn't believe that. I didn't watch it. They didn't show them getting slaughtered. I mean, David, I recommended people with PTSD in military first responders. I couldn't. A sheepdog cannot consider lying down and getting slaughtered. We'll die with a wolf in our mouth. But the sheep lay down and they get slaughtered. These are the snowflakes, and if that offends people, then unsnowflake yourself. Uh, they'll do that. And that's who the kind of people that you cut you off in traffic, the Karens, the snowflakes. And, and dealing with these people, you know you're going to have problems because they're just in another world. And if I'm offending people, I don't care. They're, that's a fact. They live in Gaga land because they didn't join the army and they didn't join the police force or they weren't a nurse. Firemen didn't have the guts to go into a burning building, firewoman, firemen, whatever, uh, and, or police women. You know, uh, that's, that, we know who we're talking about. There are plenty of irritating people. So you got to have a plan for them. And, uh, and I didn't say it'd be easy, but you have to learn the steps and you have to practice because, because our patience level, you know, we live, we lived or are living in a world like in the medicine, you know, in the ICUs, you don't have time to have around and take a freaking lunch break when you got six patients on ventilators. I've been there. You're going to miss lunch, dude. You're going to shove an egg in your uh, mouth. When I was a surgical resident, I pissed. And shoved an egg in my uh, egg in my mouth and went back in the operating room. You know, well, there's a sit down lunch. You're not having one. You're not going to drink over lunch either. So, I mean, this is so you make plans on on how to get over the little bumps in the road because the little bumps add up. And trust me, I had this sergeant that came in you know, for one of my splits, and I said, "How's it going?" He goes, "I went into a phone store, you know, because his phone wasn't." <laughs> he got a snowflake down the ground and mixing it in the police were there. And I felt so bad for the guy. He was a senior sergeant, but the guy, the snowflake, was so stupid. So when you get in a stupid interface with a stupid snowflake, just leave. Just leave. Walk away. That's the, the snowflakes, the sheep, don't get it anyway. They don't know. Another sheepdog would say, back off. He bobs mad here. He had a bad night at wrap it up anyway, Dave. So uh, next week we're going to talk about uh, resilience some more. we got a lot more to, and we'll be more specific about your resilience uh, toolkit that we're going to be working on. Well, as always, Don, it's been a pleasure and and very interesting and very informative. And I think this is probably one of the most educational and helpful shows on radio any place in the country. And I hope more and more veterans will tune in and please pass it on. And if you've got a question for Don about PTSD or or anything that he said, uh, don't hesitate to Dr. Don at AmericasWebRadio.com. Send him an email. We'd love to hear from you. I know Don would like to hear from you, and if you have a problem, email 
Dr. Don. And with that being said, you've been listening to A Veteran's Place. We'll be back next week on America's Web Radio. Thank you, Don. Bye, buddy. Good night. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.